Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? We have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two before we nursed. Delicious, Laverne. Shit, I'm shaking like a dog. Shit, peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. Welcome to the second hour of the Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that is. Doing it live right now. We'll do it live. 9 to 11 p.m. every Tuesday. We do it live. It's also being recorded for podcast release tomorrow, Thursday. I'll tell you about Friday here in a second. Still to come on the show this evening, the Embedded Correspondence, because it is the fourth Tuesday of the month. And don't forget, next week we have a bonus week every so often. You get a month that decides it's going to have five weeks instead of four. So you get that bonus week. I'll tell you about that here in a second as well. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snappers. Slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for live video feeds. There's also one over on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And we are transmitting audibly on Clubhouse as well where the usual cast of characters is taking in the show. The show originating from... Palm City, USA, Cleveland. And I play that because I wish I had his voice and I could say it like that, but I don't, and that's why I have that drop. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 243, taking you back to August 27th, 2013, almost 10 years ago. We'll call it nine. So this week we're featuring somebody. Let me ask you a question. Does this name ring a bell? If you're a huge fan of the show, even if you are a huge fan and historian, expert historian of this show, which really can only be John Solberg because of what he does. But if anybody can guess the name of this person that I'm about to talk about, I was just going to say her name, and I'm giving it away. It's a she. It's a lady. I will give you a free prize, a how to barbecue right stretch trucker cap. I got a T-shirt for Malcolm Reed, a wingman T-shirt, which I'll be wearing next week or maybe in two weeks' time when he's on. It's cool. Not necessarily a hat guy, but he did send one of those as well. So if you can name the guest that I'm about to explain to you in instant chat. You get that prize. So, taking you back to August 27th of 2013, we feature the 2015 Sutter Homes Build a Better Burger Contest winner named... You tell me. What do you get if you win the Sutter Home Build a Better Burger Contest back in 2015? You get a hundred grand. Yes. 
not Diva Q, and not... Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Not Leanne Whipple. Good guesses. This is what I'm saying. Even a historian like John Solberg, if not digging this out himself, would be hard-pressed to come up with this name. I'm not just going to throw out really cool prizes like the How to Barbecue Right Stretch Trucker Cat and have it be a softball question. This is one that really shows your fandom. Grill Girl. Nope. Good guess, guy, the cooking, Sam. You don't think we would have heard about that time and time again, that Robin won $100,000 for Build a Better Burger Contest? That's something that probably would have been brought up a lot for years and years in the post winnings. So anyway, this lady wins $100,000 for the Build a Better Burger Contest in 2015. She talked about her home cooking background. She then talked about how she became inspired as a kid and then having a very inspirational moment as it relates to getting into food competition. For instance, this lady's dad had a job. I think he died. And they were getting ready to put some huge addition onto their family home. The dad dies, I think. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. And then quickly that plan is axed. Like There's no money to, to do this addition that they were going to be putting on. So she's trying to think about how she can make some money legally, make it quick. She decided she's not going to be selling eight balls or speed balls or anything like that. She's going to do it legitimately. She found out about food competitions, and lo and behold, she walks away with $100,000 on the Build a Better Burger contest. All right, let's go back to the open chat here and see what everybody's guessing. CLE Grilling guesses both Jess Pryles and Melissa Cookston. Nope. Smoking Joe's Barbecue Pit, who said F Clubhouse. Of course he did. Dolly Pardon? Nope. All great guesses, but remember, this person would have also been a guest on my show. Dolly Parton, never a guest on my show. Keep digging. I know you can do it, and then you can win a trucker cap. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again that it might have been lost in the archives now, which is extensive, email John. Let him know what you would like to hear. J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com. That's J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com. And he will do his best to meet your expectation. Al Lunacy Queuing, what was the question? The question is, what is the name of the female guest back in 2015's winner of the Sutter Homes Build a Better Burger contest? You have to be a super fan to know it. That's the question. What is her name? Winning $100,000. Dan, great guest coming up here. Of course, her real name isn't Sugar's Barbecue. It's Leanne Oxley. However, not Leanne either. Wait. That's not right. That's not, that's not right. Uh, oh, Christ. 
Lene Oxley. <laughs> Hello. I don't win the trucker cap either. Everybody. For the balance of the month of August, you will hear next week interviews from the creator of Bub and Mothers, Rub, John Furman. He'll be on next week. And rejoining the show, Cigar Expert and Not Very Good Food Contest participant, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority Podcast. And making his first segment debut official. Although he has been on the show a number of times, the host of the Pit Life Barbecue Show, Johnny Maggs, going in together. All right, so everybody's guessing Robin. No, we already said that. Everybody's guessing Jess Pryles again. No, we already said that. CLE Grilling, Mills. No. Kristen Clark. Who the hell is that? I don't even think a Kristen Clark has ever been on the show before. Phyllis O'Shaughnessy. No. Good, good guess. Oh, this is my favorite one coming in from Guy the Cooking Sam. Uh, Guy puts this one out. Is it Turd Ferguson? No. But it should be. <laughs> it's funny. Turd Ferguson. Yeah, say my name. It's one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits, Norm MacDonald doing Burt Reynolds, Turd Ferguson, and Jeopardy. All great guesses. However, all wrong answers. I think that was it. Yeah. So, I have these two videos that have just been treading water here over the last number of months. I think I can do one. Which one do I want to do? Oh, oh, I know. The thing that I never understand in my life. Let me go stop this. Let me blow it out. Also, I got to do the sound on it because you're not going to believe this. Let me run it back. I don't know if anybody saw this or not. Summertime, 4th of July. Let me set the stage, the scene, if you will. Summertime, July 4th. What do we love? By the way, if you're listening via podcast, you're going to want to go back and watch this, especially if you didn't see it through social media because it's going to rock your world. We're going to watch it twice. What does everybody do 4th of July that I don't understand? Set off fire. Stop that. Leave it for professionals. Don't bring it around my house. Don't bring it in my neighborhood. I don't want your bullshit to explode in the sky, fall on my house, catch my house on fire, and now I have to kill you and go to jail. This could all have been all for naught if you would just go down to the local lake or football field, let the pyrotechnic experts execute a well-displayed fireworks event for you. But no, you're like these yahoos. So you have a collection of folks on the front lawn there, number of kids there on the driveway, and then you have the expert dads, uh, three of them look like they're getting ready to light a rocket. They're, uh, we call that a tree lawn, which is the lawn in between the regular front lawn. Then you have the sidewalk and then you have the tree lawn. Well, typically you would see trees there. That's why they call it a tree lawn. For the next 30 seconds, mayhem is about to ensue. I'm going to draw your attention as you're watching this to behind the van in the driveway, you see boxes with appear to be moving boxes. They're not moving boxes. 
But things go wrong right at the beginning. The audio is on. Listen and watch this nightmare. It didn't go anywhere. Wait for it. Here it goes. Somebody tell me what the hell is going on over there. In case you missed it, here it is. Everybody's picking up their kids. The rocket never goes anywhere. It spreads its sparks all over the place. It catches the whole box or boxes of fireworks on fire behind the van. I can't believe the van didn't explode. And then it looks like napalm is taking place in the front yard. I mean, look at the size of those shells going off there. I mean, it's unbelievable. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. It just never goes anywhere. Look at this little kid get shot right there. Boom. He's jumping around like a maniac because he got hurt. This guy's looking back going, oh, God, I can't believe it. Boom. Everybody's out of there running. Holy moly. I don't know what a war zone looks like, but it's got to be like that. I mean, look at these mortars come in here. Take out these chairs. Can you imagine if somebody would have decided to weather that storm? Unbelievable. What are people up to these days? I don't know. Leave the fireworks execution to the professionals. Let them do a nice event for you. Don't do that. That could be you. With your kids. <laughs> I'm watching again off screen. It's spectacular. Before we get to the embedded correspondence. Let me talk to you about Bub and Mothers, the newest sponsor of the show. What's the first thing you think of when you think of the state of Maine? I can tell you, for me, it's definitely not great barbecue until I gave Bub and Mothers a try. How could a rub that's so flavorful and versatile come from a state known for lobster and winter? Here's a bit about it. Bub and Mothers is a veteran-owned gourmet spice blending company that's the only barbecue company using real Maine ingredients from real Maine companies. The rubs are 100% natural and lower in salt than just about anything else you're going to find on the market today. While it is handcrafted and blended to be used on anything that used to have fur, fins, and feathers, it's actually great on everything you cook, from avocado toast to fried zucchini. There's even a restaurant using the rubs to make cocktails. You can find the recipes on the website, bubnmothers.com. Dot com B-U-B-N-M-U-T-H-A-S.com. Both flavors have won honors from the International Flavor Awards two years in a row. The rubs were used as a guest judge gift on Beat Bobby Flay. The competition cook teams have gotten multiple calls using Bub and Mother's flavors. Both the Down East Dena and the Honey Heat can be used interchangeably. Once you've tasted them, your imagination will come up with so many other ways to use them. And if you come up with a unique recipe, contact them through their website, bubbinmothers.com. They'll post pictures and your recipe along with your name, giving you the credit. You can smoke with it, you can grill with it, fry with it. In the dead of the main winter, you can even get fantastic barbecue flavor in your oven or broiler. And you can blend it with the things to make their soon-to-be-famous redneck aioli homemade sauce 
and other side dish items to try. Try the honey heat on an omelet. It will change your life. I did. Take it from me. Head on over to bubbinmothers.com and order the gourmet dry rub with main attitude. And know a portion of every purchase is donated to the veterans' charities. Tell them Greg and the Barbecue Central Show is such a Bubbinmothers.com. Bub, B-U-B-N-M-U-T-H-A-S.com. We're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number two most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Pryles, Childs Cridlin, mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield fresh pork, quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy. Trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home, smithfield.com. Dot com is the place to go. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month. That can only mean a visit from the embedded correspondent. To the top and right of me is Doug Scheiding, who got the red shirt memo. And below me is the embedded correspondent from Michigan, John Solberg. And Caddy down to the right is Salt City Barbecue's pitmaster and the embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson. Rusty, let me start with you right off the bat, totally off the cuff. Uh, through chats, privately and off air, it sounded like you either might be racing in now or five minutes from now. So how do you show up on time? What greatness happened? Well, we got done and we were able to get paid because we had a huge ca- catering at Westminster College today. And we slung out some sandwiches and I was able to get here in time. Is I that sped. A, is that a fixed menu? The shit I do for you guys. All right. I love it. I got here. I did my thing. I'm here. That's all that matters. I That's made right. it in time. That's right. We're going to do 100% assurity questions here in just a second. Was that a fixed menu catering that you did? Yeah, we did 450 sandwiches in two hours to two of us. What's the net profit so, yeah. on that? <laughs> just kidding. All right. So we're going to do 100% assurity questions. And before we do that, we will go ahead and invite both. Johnny Maggs or Robert Salazar up to take part during this. And looky here. He'll be on next week, but Johnny Maggs is going to be playing with us. Johnny, you there? Good evening, Greg. Right. Perfect. Well, things are running smoothly, which means there can only be nightmares headed for the rest of the two segments here, but we'll roll with it. You know how to play the 100% assurity questions, Johnny. So play along with us as we get going here. Handful of questions to pick 100% yes or 100% no. And we'll start with you, Johnny, right off the bat. The increase in grill sales during the pandemic was primarily due to government stimulus checks being spent on grills. Ooh. There's no wrong answer, Johnny. It's just yes or no. Yes. Yes. (laughs) John. 100% 100% no. Oh, 
Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. The increase in grill sales during the pandemic was primarily due to the government stimulus checks being spent on grills. Due to the COVID, yes. All right. And Rusty, yes or no? No, not primarily. No. Wow. We're 50-50. That means I get to break the tie. Nobody loves that more than me. 100% yes. People had free money, so they spent it on shit that they weren't going to be spending it on, which was grills, evidently, over the last two and a half years. We go to the next one. John, we'll start with you. By the way, I don't know if anybody notices here, but I did. As I drum roll it twice in a row. John, back in the friendly confines of the John Solberg Studios. Notice that? I did notice that. John, there is still more bust than boom to come in the live fire industry before the close of 2020. 100% yes or 100% uh, no? Unfortunately, 100% yes. 100% yes. Sorry. Johnny Mags, there's still more bust than boom to come in the live fire industry before the close of 2022. 100% yes. Oh. Rusty, yes or no? No, no, I don't think so. Rusty always glass half full, silver lining guy, positive vibes, all that stuff. Love Rusty for that. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no? There's still more bust left before the end of the year. There's a little more bust. Yeah. Well, yes. Rusty's odd man out. I'm also 100% yes, there is more bust to come. And it could be shocking what comes before the end of the year, but there's definitely more bust to happen. Little follow up on that. We'll go to Rusty. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no. Jeremy Andrus will still be the CEO of Traeger Grills at the end of the year. 100% yes. 100%. Look at this guy. Positivity raining off. <laughs> Johnny Mags, yes or no to Jeremy Andrus? 100% yes. Cool. Have some momentum gaining here. Let's go to Doug and ask him if he thinks Jeremy Andrus will be the CEO by the end of the year. My answer is still the same. Yes. Hey. John Solberg, Michigan Embedded Correspondent. 100% yes or 100% no. Jeremy Andrus will still be the CEO of Traeger Grills at the end of the year. Unfortunately, 100% yes. Wow. Look at this. Ooh. I have to be honest. I didn't think I thought there would be more detractors here, but everybody's being positive. That's up to me now. Uh, will he be CEO by the end of the year? Nope. I think not. Let's go to Doug. I've I've only asked this 7,000 times over the last handful of months, but we're going to do it again because it's fun. Doug. 100% yes or 100% no, Green Mountain Grills will still be in business 30 days from now. <laughs> For the 7,001 time, yes. All right. Love the positivity. Johnny Mags, 100% yes or 100% no, Green Mountain Grills will be in business 30 days from now. 100% yes. All right. Mr. Positivity, yes or no? Hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Rusty with the hell yeah. Wait, 
Give me a hell yeah! Hell yeah. All right, John Solberg, Michigan and Betty correspondent. Will Green Mountain Grills be in business 30 days from now? 100% yes or 100% no? Well, applying one of those thermodynamic laws, either the first or second, nothing's ever created or destroyed. It only changes forms. 100% yes. Now, you're not saying that under the guise of ripped. I'm talking specifically about the brand Green Mountain Grills. 100% yes. All right. 100% yes. Well, that leaves it up to me. Guess who's the detractor? Me. Nope. Get that big stuff out of here. Two more to go. And we'll start with John this time. John, 100% yes or 100% no. You have tried mayo as a binder on some kind of beef before I invented it a handful of weeks ago. Fuck no. Fuck no. (laughs) Get that out of here. Wow, we... All right. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no. You have tried mayo as a binder on some kind of beef before I invented it a handful of weeks ago. I have not. I know those. Doug, we're going to hold your most recent venture aside. Outside of that, have you yes or no? What do I tell everybody? Keep a cooking journal. November of 2009. Steak. Wow. You. Nerd. Johnny Mags. Nerd. 100% yes or 100% no. You have tried mayo as a binder on some kind of beef before I invented it a handful of weeks ago. 100% no. All right. Get that big stuff out of here. Now I got to go back in my memory banks. Mayo as a binder. Can. Oh, on beef. I almost forgot my own question, which would be out of character for me, but what can I tell you? All right. We'll start back with Johnny Maggs here. 100% yes or 100% no, you will be attending in person the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest on September 17th. 100% no. God, you have to be so quick with the no, Joe. Uh, Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no, you'll be in Hartville Hardware on the 17th of September. <laughs> no. Why would I go to Heritage something shit? Hartville Hardware. Oh, that too. It's the largest independent hardware store in the country. There's homes inside the store. Ask Doug and John. They've seen it. I mean, you can go to the American Royal every freaking year. You just can't go to Hartville Hardware. I mean, I guess you could. It sounds like you just walk in if you want. I mean, at any time. So, yeah, yeah, I guess I could. All right. Well, nevertheless, smart ass. Dougie, 100% yes or 100% no. You and me and Mike Lang and Diva and maybe some representative of Big Green Egg will be carousing on the 17th of September in Hartville Hardware. Not me. Not you. Get that big stuff out of here. All right. Well, that only leaves somebody that I know of all of the fibers of my being would be the closest to potentially making the trek. I understand where most of you guys live. John, 100% yes or 100% no, you will be attending the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest on September 17th. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one because I got options that weekend. Really? I got big options that weekend. Big options? I'm going (laughs) to... 
I can't abstain. I'm going to go 100% yes. Are you kidding Whoa! me? Now hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you get the girlfriend. I'm gonna allow you to walk it back here because it's on tape. I don't want you to feel like you're being bullied or peer pressured or anything like that. You're hours and hours away. Are you sure that's what we're committing to? Yeah, but uh, we are surrounded by a great Hippocratic leader, so I'm good either way. <laughs> oh. Oh, what I like. That's my guy right there, John Solberg, the the prince of hypocrisy, only learned by the king of hypocrisy. All right, uh, Johnny Mags, appreciate you playing, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. Absolutely, Greg. Thank right. you. Johnny Mags is going to be talking next week about how he beat Mr. Jonathan's ass in a burger contest that was staged at a cigar shop in New Hampshire, and we're going to get all the insight there about how you go about winning competitions. Not that I need to tell you guys, you're all very seasoned competitors. Some of you are world champions. So we have some other topics to talk about here tonight. The most email that I got over the course of the week was for people reacting to Rod Gray being named the new CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. So, uh, Rusty, let's start with you. You're a fairly active competitor maybe a little bit more in the SEA than KZBS at the moment but I mean you're very pro barbecue competition still I hear it as I listen to the Pitmasters podcast each and every week whenever you can talk about it you promote it so what are your thoughts on Rod Gray being named CEO I'm I'm really optimistic as usual but it's because he's a competitor he's someone who had strong opinions good ideas things that he wanted to do with it. And I hope that he's able to get his, his graphs on it, you know, cause it's a different game than he's used to. I think I know he's had businesses, you know, with his rub company and stuff like that, but this is just a whole new ball game. And so he's got to play nice with a board and he's got to be able to bring a lot of st- hold on to what Amy or uh, Emily has done, which was a lot and build upon that. And that's going to be very challenging to do in what seems to be a dying uh, organization and bring it back from the flames, uh, you know, and make it something. And I think since he's been there, he knows what it's like in the trenches and he knows what the cooks want. I think he can help that. He just can't go in. Uh, I think if he messes with anything Emily set up, then that's going to hurt it. And I hope that he can maintain all that and build upon it. What's the biggest one thing that you think he needs to do, Rusty, in order to be successful here, at least within the first six months? For me, it would be backing off of pro competitions. Like he said on your show, he said that he really likes the one meat contest. I think that'd be a good idea thing to push. I think we should need to go back to backyard competitions um, and promote those heavily. I think that's going to get what, what's going to help people get back into this because it's a cheaper option. In fact, if you do it right, and even if you don't even do it that right, an, a backyard competition is cheaper than an SEA. I know SEAs are the way, like it's the cheap way. That's why I want to do it. It's, it's easy. But a backyard is as easy and I would argue cheaper than an SEA. So if you promote those around that and make it easier for the people putting it on so you don't need as many reps and stuff like that, just make it easier on everybody to put these on, uh, I think you can start building it back um, more efficiently. Doug, your thoughts on Rod Gray being the new CEO at KCBS? Overlooking the fact that he ignored me, even though I said I was a Barbecue Central uh, uh, correspondent um, when I met him in person. Uh, you mean he blew you saying, off? That is-
Yeah, no, no way. SF and way, yeah. But anyway, so, but I actually think, yeah, it didn't carry as much weight as I thought it would. I don't know why, but uh, he is a competent, what Rusty said, he's a competent. We all know he has strong be a little polarized, but he sounded very good giving remarks on your show. And he's been on the former, uh, as a former board of directors uh, member and, you know, the Hall of Fame and that sort of stuff, you know, behind the scenes. And, and so I, I think his experience will be very beneficial. And because uh, the, the cook, cook uh, former cooks is CEOs and presidents. Doug, and I'm going like to stop that. you. So, Your uh, audio is popping in and out. Uh, you have a good cell phone connection there or do you got uh, yeah. the jet pack or something? Yeah, we had, we had, uh, we had oh. storms a little bit tonight. All right. So, well. Stick your finger so, out the window and get a better signal. Uh, John, your thoughts on Rod Gray being installed as CEO? Well, I'm going to write on Rusty's coattails because I think he summed it up. Unfortunately, I have not listened to Rod Gray's interview with you. I apologize. But I'm, I look at it as Emily came in as a young, outside, fresh, strong marketing background from a major player to bring a lot of freshness in and exposure to the competition background. So she, she, that, that was a good fit. And I think Rusty really nailed it not to undo what she has gained from a fresh perspective and bring back an old perspective that I can just send it right back to where it was. So hopefully Rod can do that. I, I see it bringing in, you know, an old dog into a new spot. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I'm a big fan of Rod Gray's. But to be honest, I, you know, it's a bit concerning to me. It's like, it's, are we going backwards here? That's That's my thoughts. I don't think it's necessarily a bad hire i think as rusty said uh, and as doug said he's seen both sides of it now he's going to be ceo working for the board but he was on the board for five years i think he said before was it uh 2004 or 2005 four or five years or whatever it was so he knows what that looks like the things that i heard secretly in talks and exchanges with folks concerned about Rod being hired was a, is this a return to the good old boys network because he's somebody that had been around back in those days. Um, and then of course, prior to Emily getting there, there was really a good old boys network going on with, uh, folks that had some pending litigation to them now, uh, as Emily had to step in and take care of and, Hoping that doesn't go back into effect, which I don't necessarily think would, but there was some concern there. And then there was a bigger concern of Rod being really good forward facing when it counts, but not being very agreeable, very amenable, very pliable when deals are to be done. Or if he thinks it should be done a certain way. Uh, there's not a lot of flexibility that he lends to it. And that could become an issue if that remains to be a trait that he would exercise in this position. My hope would be that he understands the responsibility that comes with it. Uh, all of the things that Emily did to right the ship, get it heading in that right direction. So I'm echoing everybody else's sentiments about not undoing anything, which I don't think he would. I think he's probably feels that he's in a much better position now that he's seen everything that's happened and everything that's transpired pointing in the direction 
for me, it's going to be what kind of sponsorship money can he bring in to the organization, number one? Can he use any contacts? Does he bring any sellability because of his name or the success of his rubs and sauces? And then I would love to see a reemergence of something like the Sam's Club barbecue tour. I mean, when you think about back in the competition heyday, that thing was incredible. Everybody was excited about it. I talked about it every week on the show because there were local events that qualified you to regional events. It qualified you to the Nationals down in Bentonville, Arkansas. It was a quickly a major that every big competition barbecuer wanted to win. And by the way, you could win that series. If you had three really good cooks back to back to back, you walk away with Sam's title that year. Some really big names won it, but it didn't always have to be really big names. There were a lot of teams that were doing 10 or less competitions that could win a local and move to the regional. Maybe they moved to the final. That was a big deal. That, that was a big deal to lose. There was a lot of people who thought their balls were much bigger than they actually were to walk away from that, let that thing die because they thought they could bring something better and it never materialized. So I would love to see something like that come in. I think that could be also a resurgence just for the general public. Start talking about competition barbecue again. Maybe you start seeing it more on the show at that point. But that's what I think the the major important things right off the bat uh, would like to see. By the way, maybe there could be some type of reconnection with the guy that made that all happen. He's doing World Foods now. Maybe he would have zero interest in doing that, but Mike McLeod and MMA Creative was pretty instrumental in helping Kansas City Barbecue Society grow through those years that he was the marketing arm for those guys. So I don't necessarily think that could be out of the question. I don't know if Mike would ever be interested in having a talk about that or if Rod would even be interested in talking to Mike about that. Maybe not, but I don't think that could be a conversation that could be had or might be worthwhile chasing down. So uh, we'll see. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Then we will do what we as the Embedded Correspondents and hosts love to do, do the Rod Gray as CEO death pool coming up. We love to do that, but before we do that, I will talk to you about Green Mountain Grills, the, could be the collector's item, depending on how things go here, but right now they're available for sale, a couple of different models to choose from, a choice line, a prime line, prime line giving you all of the extra features and benefits that people have come to know and love about pellet cookers these days. You have Wi-Fi connections. You have an app that you can download. You can control the app. You can control the cooker right from the app. Raise the temperatures, lower the temperatures, put it into a hold mode. You can shut it down from your app. If it's connected, you can actually turn it on from your app. This one you can. Now, if you don't need all that, save a couple hundred bucks or whatever, get the choice line, sit down your boon size. Still a really good sized cooker for somebody with five or less folks in their family maybe you're not entertaining quite a bit so you don't need that big size like peak affords you on the prime line go choice that's fine in any event they all accommodate that pizza oven insert of course greenmountaingrills.com only sold through dealers so go to the website find a dealer near you visit them and get educated on all their offerings and then pick the one that's best for you you can also get accessories and pellets and all the other stuff 
they don't have them at the dealer over at the Green Mountain Grills website. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. GreenMountainGrills.com. And we are back with the embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Vortic Watches. Back in the day, pocket watches were made to be worn. Uh, pocket watches. Watches were made to be worn in the pocket. After World War II, wristwatches came into vogue. Pocket watches quickly becoming an afterthought, finding their way into stock drawers and scrap heaps. And that's a tragedy. Enter Vortec Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bringing it to the present day where wristwatches are finding incredible popularity once again. And here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortec makes unique and one of a kind. Nobody will have the watch just like you have. Vortec found it on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out VorticWatches.com. And we are joined once again, by the embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding there next to me, John Solberg underneath, and Rusty Monson, Caddy Corner, Bottom, Texas, Michigan, and Utah, respectively. So Rod Gray is in. We love talking about how long people will last or if things will ever happen or come to fruition. This is no different. We know absolutely nothing about nothing. However, we will put our name on it right here, right now. Doug, how long will Rod Gray be CEO of the KCBS? Two years. Two years. Wow. Hold on. Let me write this down. My journal. 24 months. All right. Let's go to John Fulbert. How long will Rod Gray be CEO for? Do, we, do you know his term limit and his contract by chance? <laughs> I don't know that. What his term is? I don't. I'm, I'm going with uh, I'm going with a year and a half. Year take, and a I'll half. Take, I'll right. go under. Yeah. Eighteen months. Do the eighteen months. Rusty, how long will Rod Gray be CEO? I'm rounded out of four years. Four years. Wow. We. Yes. President Rod Gray. Let's call. Uh, I'm with John. I'm going 18 months. By the way, no insider information. We know nothing. We're just throwing it out there because it's fodder to talk about. Doug at 24 months. Rusty, the long-termer at four years. And both John and I weighing in at 18 months. And if 18 months happens to be it, John wins because he guessed 18 months first. And I'm a gentleman. Anyway, let's talk about the hottest topic going in barbecue over the last six to eight weeks, which is mayo. These questions brought to you by the embedded correspondent for Michigan, John Solberg, who's asking this. So we'll go to you first, John. Is Duke's really the best mayo ever? Man, the jury's out for me. It, it's not an assurity pick, so it's like maybe it's a regional thing. I say no. Mm. It's Dukes. Like 
is Dukes culty? People are very passionate about Dukes. Can anyone explain that to me? Why? I don't get it. Dukes is new to my part of the are world. Are you a mayo Probably lover, only. John? I always have mayo in my fridge. What for is serious it? Things. I've, Hellman's. Hellman's. Store brand. Because that's what there you grew up Duke. with? Yes. Yes. And there is Duke. There is Dukes in my fridge as yeah. well now that it's available. Yeah. But it depends on what. But it is a different product. So my question is, is. Someone explained to me this cult-like fetish over Duke's mail. All right, Rusty, you probably have a good idea of what cult-like fetishes are all about. Um, is Duke's the best ba- is the best mayo ever? <laughs> well, the fetish is is that they're they're closest to real that you can get. So they actually have egg. Uh, for example, Hellman's uses not only egg yolk but eggs as well, and soybean oil, but not a, you know that's one of like five different ingredients, and that's what makes Duke's and Hellman's so good. By the way, fun story. It's called Best Foods on the West Coast, not Hellman's. Hellman's is on the East Coast in oh. the South. Right. And then that. Duke's is good because it's the same thing. They're both very creamy. They both, I, I think that Duke's is a little bit more vinegary, which is my favorite kind of way. So, so for me, I, I still like Best Foods. I'll say Hellman's um, just a little bit more. But Duke's if, is a close second. They're both fantastic. And again, the reason why is because there's just not a lot of uh, product in them. And everything else is there's a laundry list of things. So you're a Hellman's lover, or or best? Uh, what did you say it was? Close, best man. product. Best I knows. It's called Best Foods where I live. Best foods. Best foods is the name of the mayo. Are you there? That was a question. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. I mean, that seems, that seems like a really foods, yeah, yeah. weird name for mayo. Best foods mayo. Uh, Doug, is Duke's really the best mayo ever? No. In my house, it's the third best, and I I, I have did three different mayos. I do. Oh. I have H E B, which is our grocery store. That was the best. It has a garlic and onion uh, flavoring to it. That's uh, uh, like the third. I think the third or fourth. Cupy is number two. Um, that's a little strong for me. It has a great kind of custard kind of ta- uh, flavor. I mean, excuse me, texture to it. And the, the flavor is even a little more pronounced on the vinegar side than, than Duke's in my opinion. Um, and, uh, unfortunately I have miracle whip too, which is not Mayo. I know, but that is way too sweet. That stuff is crap. No doubt. Oh, Rusty's a Rusty. You're, 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 you're a miracle whip guy. Dude, I grew up poor, man. We had freaking Miracle Whip on white ass is bread it, and bologna. Is That's mayo that much more expensive than Miracle Whip? I didn't have straight mayo until I was fourteen years old. I, it was all Miracle Whip because it was life. breaking the bank. Hell yeah, that was. I guess I don't, I don't have to talk I, to that my That can't mother. be right. Somebody do research and see what a jar We're of test Miracle Whip yeah. is and what a jar of Hellman's is. I can't believe that. I, I would venture a guess that. Miracle Whip costs more because it's fucking disgusting. I think it's delicious. It's not the same. No, of course it's not the same. It tastes like shit. It's two two different products, right? There's Miracle Whip in my fridge too, but it's it's like it's like ketchup and freaking mayonnaise. It's it's just because it's white and it's in the same jar. Would y'all quit having this argument? It's fucking different. It's entirely different. Yes, but it's different because it's bad. You don't use that, John. What do you use that on? Seven layer salads. It's the greatest thing ever to put in a seven layer salad. Like because taco it's thing? salad dressing. Seven layer salad. What is that? Rusty. Uh, oh, it's up. yummy. 
seven layers. Is. Yeah, seven Does it have like meat and stuff in it? It's made for dressings. Like, do you ever have like a tuna, a tuna salad, stuff like that? Mayo, Milk Whip is amazing in that stuff. No, like that. that's what mayo is for. Chicken, tuna. Who's putting Miracle Whip in that? Come on, you guys are outraged. Um, John, to answer your question, I don't know where this popularity, this groundswell for Duke specifically came from, but it's like the line at barbecue restaurants. Somebody said it. I want to be cool too. Now it's available in my store. It never used to be available up here in Cleveland. All of a sudden, a handful of years ago, it showed up. Now it's all over the goddamn place. It's mayonnaise. It's really not that big of a departure profile-wise from one to the next to the next. I don't know why Duke's has this cult-like following, but I believe it's a FOMO, and nobody wants to say that it's not that bad. You know what my favorite one is? Cupy Mayo. I like it because it's in that stupid bottle. I like the flavor better. I like the texture better. It goes great on everything. That's my favorite. And after that, whatever's on sale, I'll buy for Mayo. To me, my palate's weak. I've said it. For years and years, I can't really taste that much. Cupy does tip the scale for me, but everything else, yeah, I mean, it all kind of tastes like mayo. Oddest thing you've ever done with mayo. Doug? Back in November of 2009, I, uh, well, I first did it on chicken. Then I did it on fish, salmon. It was terrible on salmon. Mm, you and Malcolm and, said the same thing. And then I did. Yeah, and then and then uh, it, it you know you just didn't cook it high enough to for it to really render off, and uh, in steak it wasn't very good. That was before I did reverse sear, so um, <laughs> that's why I kind of ruled it out. And with chicken, it actually made the skin a little more rubbery. So I was back. That was back when I was experimenting with mustard and all kinds of different binders. So there was a couple of months there, and so that's that's. And my wife uses mayo and cake every now and then because it makes it a little more moist. Yep, uh, Rusty, oddest thing you've ever done with mayo. Okay, so just to go back just a little bit, Miracle Whip is 30 cents cheaper. Yeah, 30 cents. So, yeah, there you go. That's 30 cents more than we had before we bought the mayo. <laughs> anyway, what was the question? Oddest thing you've done with mayo. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I love mayo. I don't think anything is odd with mayo. I love it. I would put it on brisket for fuck's sakes. Yeah, well, Doug, Doug did that. Uh, John, oddest thing you've done with mayo? It's the 90s, Cleveland, Ohio, the IX Center. It's the middle of the night. Our fork truck, forks, and carriage are so rusted up, we can't operate them properly. So I make my way over to the outside area of the IX Center, if you're familiar with it, where all the food vendors are, and found on in one of those areas a whole bunch of Hellman's pack. <laughs> Took them back to the fork truck, knocked those forks off, and lubed them up good with Hellman's mayonnaise. Really? On moving. Oh, really? Boy. That's the oddest thing I've ever done with mail. Palm City, USA. I know the ex I Cleveland. Um, oddest thing I've ever done. This really isn't that odd, but it was new to me the first time I heard it. And then once I tried it, I was immediate convert. It was substituting butter on the outside of grilled cheese sandwich and using mayo to make the toast. So uh, I've, I find that to be really good for me. Some people say they don't like it or they can 
taste. I know Robert Moss was on the show and said in the end, butter had a better flavor for him. And he didn't really taste the mayo, but he didn't really necessarily like it. Uh, Love diminishing return for him, but I like it. So uh, toast the bread up a little bit better. And uh, I continue to do that every day. Yes, Rusty. I forgot. I do have one. I do have a story. Oh, I just right. remembered one. So I was at a bartender once and we had a, at a fish restaurant and we these French people ordered king crab legs and they ordered a side of mayonnaise and they were dipping it in and eating it. And I was like, what the hell? And they're like, wee, 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 you know? And um, they told me to eat it and I tried one and it blew my mind. It's the only way I eat crab legs now is dip it in like real mayo. Really? So, yep. Well, what is it adding to it? I would love to know. Well, if you think about it, like crab salad, right? Mayo. I mean, it's not to- totally abnormal, but we, like, you don't think to add it and it just gives us good creamy and the flavors just mm. match. They're just fantastic. All right. Well, I'll have to give that a try next time I have crab legs. All right, we got a couple minutes left, and I want to ask this question. It's been sitting on the board for months and months. A question on tipping. Everybody that's listening, if you want to jump in in the instant chat, please feel free. When do you not tip for service? For example, uh, today I was at, uh, where the hell was I? Uh, shit. Oh, uh, I was at uh, Shake Shack. Burger place up here at Pinecrest. Then I put in my order, double Shake Shack burger with the tomatoes, then the lettuce, shake sauce, whatever. Uh, My daughter, Maddie, uh, stopped up and I gave her a utensil holder to put in her apartment. Then she was going back to Kent. First time she had Shake Shack burger. And then the lady says, okay, uh, it's going to be whatever it is. Put the card in. What comes up? And what comes up pretty much anywhere in a fast, casual environment that has some kind of an iPad or electric payment thing now? Tip, 10%, 15%, 20%. I go to a sit-down restaurant. I'm prepared to tip fully, excessively, if it so warrants. But if I go somewhere where I walk up and you take my order and then something's made and then quickly it returns, especially if it's fast food, I'm being asked to tip all the time when I never used to be asked to tip all the time and in many different scenarios. So the question is, when do you flip the screen back with no tip? Rusty? I am glad you asked, Greg. I have a long story. I'll make it quick. First of all, I thought Danny Meyer got rid of his tips, but I guess not. So he owns Shake Shack. And so... As an employee of restaurants, since I was 15 years old, I've been a tipped employee for about 15, 14 years as a bartender, as a server, as a busser, and as a host. So in those cases, as a host, I got tips. No reason for it. As a busser, I got tips. I I get it, but I have a job to do. I need to do that job. I'm not going to do a job better because you're giving me more money. As a bartender, you're servicing someone. You give an experience to them. You go and talk to them. They feel comfortable at your bar. You're giving them drinks. You're suggesting things. You go to a bar for a reason. It's like going to cheers, right? Tips. I get those. A server at a restaurant is someone who their whole entire purpose is literally to serve you. They are wait on your every need. They make your, uh, in your experience comfortable, fun, whatever it is. You sit on your butt, you do nothing. They take care of the rest. That deserves a tip. Every single thing else, as a business owner of a restaurant, my my guy today, we made sandwiches. It was no sweat off our back, just a bunch of 
the hustle work made $500 in tips in two hours for nothing. And so, and I pay him well, I pay him $20 an hour to work on that truck. And so he gets paid that anyone else that gets, that doesn't service you in any way. And I mean, service you as in you sit down and do nothing and everything's taken care of for you. And you can ask that person to get, you can't go to Shake Shack and say, Hey, come and fill my drink up. That's not what they do. They get paid for that. If you go to Starbucks, they make you a coffee. They give it to you. You don't need to tip that person. They did nothing special for you besides their job. And it's not, there's no service. There's nothing to giving you. It's just this stupid, crazy. I want to tip. I hate tipping. I, I wish I could take it off my food truck and never have a tip ever because we price and I pay well. And there's no reason for us to turn around, cut off some brisket, throw some potato salad on a plate, hand it someone and get four bucks for it. That is insane. Tipping is insane. It needs to be stopped. Danny Meyer tried to stop it. Speaking of Shake Shack, I hope he succeeds. And he is a leader in this industry, probably the number one restaurateur in the world. I hope that he can get through to people, but it needs to stop. It's out of control. It's stupid. There's a place for it, but it's in certain areas and that's it. And it's a complete culture for us. We can't imagine not tipping anyone. We tip, we, it's, we wonder what we should tip everyone. When we walk in, we go, I just bought this shirt. Should I tip them? Like, what the hell? It's insane. It's crazy. I hate it. I wish it would die. I feel sick about giving taking five hundred dollars from those people today to give to my overly overpaid employee hmm. doug your thoughts on tipping um tipping is appropriate when someone actually does work and spend some time with you kind of like what rusty was saying if if they just ring it up no now if uh, the one corollary to that is if it's a to-go order i probably will tip some maybe five five percent or so and but if i'm sitting down i will definitely tip 18 to 20 20 percent if i get good service john your thoughts on tipping i i can't follow rusty that was a beautiful poetic and i can't wait for five years from now to cut that out and make it the best moments of the barbecue central show in 10 minutes or less good job sir i am with you it really came to a head for me i had this on my sheet but Obviously, this has been sitting longer than a couple months because it had to do specifically with volleyball. So this year, we were in Detroit. I was buying a shirt for my daughter to commemorate the stupid tournament that we were at. The shirt's $40. A ripoff in its own right. I see these things being made in mass right in front of you. It's a joke. And when I was paying with a credit card, they flipped that screen over and said, if you want... You can tip on this screen, and then it's up to me if I do that or not. And I did it. I flipped the screen right back, paid the $40 plus whatever the sales tax was, and away I was going with some piece of shit t-shirt that was probably more towards 50 bucks than 40 bucks. Fast casual restaurants, all that I walk up to, all are asking for tips. I'm not averse to tipping, I'll tip the uh, valet at the car. I'll tip in the hotel if, if for some reason I can't uh, hike my own bags up to my room. Uh, I think I'm a, a, a five to ten dollar a bag guy. If we're out uh, at a hotel, I think that's like the standard or, or whatever. Uh, so I'll do that with the bellhop. But the restaurant stuff, to me. And I try and keep an open mind and make sure that I'm playing in whatever today's age is. 
But if I'm at a restaurant, I'm 20%. At a mid, we're starting at 20%. You can work your way up if you're really good. But going in somewhere, walking up, giving an order, and then five minutes or 10 minutes or less, my name's called, and then I walk up and grab it, bring it back to a table. I'm dumping it out. There's no service, as Rusty was talking about. That's where I become offended. Because I, how, why should I be made to feel like a cheap ass when it, and and it's not secret. It's a huge fucking iPad or uh, yeah, iPad that they flip over on the rotator. Everybody behind you can see it. And you're almost like, you got to get up on it. And like you're punching in your ATM code so nobody can see no tip because you're worried about what the jack off behind you is going to think if you don't tip. And then you're putting pressure on everybody else. Do you tip? Do you not tip? Is it 10%? Should it be half the bill? I don't like it. I don't like being made to feel uncomfortable. I don't like being made to feel cheap because I know in tipping situations, I'm not cheap. But in those scenarios, I feel like a dick. And I don't want to feel like that. But I also don't want to just tip because I'm being pressured into tipping. So I think we all agree. On that, let's do promotion. Unless anybody has anything to follow up on the tipping with, Rusty. I do want to say one thing though. If you go to a go to a restaurant and people aren't doing their job, you shouldn't tip them. I, I go and I'll tip badly if I get bad service. As a, a server who cared about his job and cared about doing well at his job. I tried really, really hard, and it sucks when most people don't, and they really don't, and they expect your 20%. And I mm -hmm. want to tell everyone out there as a former service industry professional, don't encourage that behavior and tip accordingly and tip over 20% if they give you a great experience and tip yeah. under 20. Tip 15 if they don't. They deserve to, if they want to suck, then they'll get paid to suck. Rusty, let's stay with you for promotion. What are you up to? What's happening? Things you want to talk about. Uh, we are doing the podcast still, the Pitmaster podcast every Thursday. So come and uh, hang out with us. And uh, we're going to be talking to Fergalicious and Sonny Moody coming up. So that'll be a fun one. So stay tuned. Doug, promo. Uh, one thing, if you want to be a dick, you can, if, if the bill is fifteen fifty, tip 50 cents and round it up to $16. That I always <laughs> round up to the $16. So yeah, I do. That is dick that. move. Um, that is dick move. So anyway, and it looks like you're tipping too. But anyway, um, my website just went live beginning of the month and I'll be cooking in Denver in uh, the weekend of September 16th, 17th. Maybe I'll see Dennis. All right. Dennis is in the chat room right now, so I'm sure he's looking forward to carousing with you once again. Uh, John, promotion here before we let you go tonight. Everybody knows, check me out on Friday, the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Drop me an email, get in touch with me, talk to me on Instagram, John, J-O-N, John, at the BBQCentralShow.com. Guys, as always, it's been a very fun Embedded Correspondence last two segments. Thank you so much, and we will see everybody in September. And according to John, I will see him in less than a month, like uh, two and a half weeks here in Hartville Hardware. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition or not, or if hypocrisy shall reign supreme all right let's go ahead and beat it out of here as we've gone over by about five minutes all the way back in the first hour we talked with chris young from combustion inc we put head-to-head -head comparisons 
sous vide versus reverse sear and what yields a better steak and what you can tell the difference on and what you can't. Then we back that up with flip once, stay cooking, and flipping constantly stay cooking and what the results were yielding there. The biggest takeaway for me and the thing that I was teasing at the top of the show was the steak getting flipped constantly carried over after 15 minutes, 20 degrees. So make sure you're taking that into account, especially if you're going to be letting the rest of uh, the steak rest to the point where it starts to come back down in temperature. Your pull off is going to want to be 20 degrees sooner than you think. Then after Chris Young, we talked to Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com about the boom and bust of the barbecue industry, amongst other things. Second hour of betting correspondence. Longest-running event correspondent, Doug Shiding from Texas. Then it was John Solberg from Michigan and rounding it out was Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah, the Pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue food trailer and competition team. Big show planned for you next week. We have Johnny Mag, we have Mr. Jonathan, amongst others, so stay tuned for that. And how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Barbecue Central.